Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I am resting today because we had a wild weekend on the Here For You tour, but I am so happy to be here with you today via my voice, even if my body and my spirit are sleeping. (laughs) We are in a special series called Summer Lovin'. It's a That Sounds Fun podcast series in which we want to restore hope in dating, bridge y'all to helpful conversations, practical resources, and amazing experts so that you can see changes in your dating life starting with you. And oh my gosh, the feedback so far, y'all, the feedback so far has been incredible. Now listen, we are going to do a question and answer, a question and response episode early in the fall. So as y'all are listening, if you have follow-up questions, the link is in the show notes below. Drop a question. We're going to sit down with one of your favorite experts in the fall and kind of go through all the questions after the series. So as you're listening, if you have questions, drop them to us. During this series, we are talking through a lot of aspects of dating and as you've experienced most episodes have an expert and and a couple of my real life friends a female and a male who are not married to each other not married at all and out there dating and it's been really cool to hear their experiences as always this was always true about any summer as well that's y'all's favorite part it's hearing people that are just like us out there in the dating world, and I'm loving their stories as well. Of course, they don't represent everything about dating or every person's experience, but man, they've done a beautiful job and continue to today of sharing themselves and their stories. Again, this is not an all-in-one guide to every part of dating, but it's a jumping off point, hopefully for you as far as gaining some wisdom and gaining some conversation starters and getting bridged to some experts and resources that I think you're really going to love. Before we dive into today's conversation, I got to tell you about one of our incredible sponsors. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been on the fence about starting therapy, BetterHelp is a great way to get started. We're big fans of therapy around here. It is literally one of the things you can leave work to go do and it not count against you is going to your counseling appointment. I think it's really important to prioritize time for it, no matter what season of life you're in. And this summer, consider giving therapy a try to help you find the balance that you need. They make it so easy at BetterHelp. Just go online, fill out a brief questionnaire. We love a quiz. They'll match you with a licensed therapist. And finding a therapist that is the right fit for you is so important. So you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
You're sure to be working with someone who is a good match because of that. Plus, your session can be done right from home. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient and flexible and fit in your schedule. If you're feeling pulled in a million different directions this summer, it's easy to get caught up in like, what do they need? What do they need? And never like pay attention to your own feelings. <laughs> Therapy can give you the tools to do that, to help you understand what's going on in your life, to love others as you love yourself and keep supporting your people without leaving yourself behind. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit Better help.com slash that sounds fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H E L P.com slash that sounds fun. Okay. Today on the show, listen, this is one of my favorite conversations we are having because it is one of the most requested from my staff and from my friends out there that are single and married. We got to talk about how to do friendship well. We have our summer loving expert, Jess Connolly here. You know Jess because she's been on the show a bunch of times. Episode 58, 170, 303. Those are all linked in the show notes so you can go listen to her. And today she's helping us talk about friendship and dating. She's a gifted author and speaker and podcaster. She's a great friend to all of us. She was the exact right person to help us navigate this conversation. And you'll hear why pretty early. Joining us are my friends Lonnie and John. David. And together, we're hitting questions like, what do married couples need to know about being friends with single people? Or how can we be better friends to our married friends while we're single? And how do we do this in a healthy way? And to be honest, how do we not have affairs? <laughs> we talk about it. This is definitely a conversation that we can all benefit from. Single, dating, married. No matter what season you're in, there's something for each of us to walk away with. This is the episode, guys. Hear me. This is the episode that you can send to your married friends and say, hey, can we all listen to this and then circle up on the porch and talk about it or go out to dinner and talk about it or have a text thread and talk about it? Like we hope this launches some conversations with you and your friends like it has for me and my friends. So here's my summer loving conversation about friendship and dating, singles and marrieds with Jess Connolly and my friends, Lonnie and John David. All right, friends, welcome to Summer Lovin'. It's going to be great. Is everybody nervous? Woo, no. Woo. Yeah. I mean, Do you feel nervous, John David? Um, no. Great. Excited. Okay. okay, good. That's what I would like to hear. Okay, so today we're having, I mean, honestly, one of the most requested conversations, right, Lonnie? I mean, when we were totally. planning this, this was the thing people wanted to talk about is how do we do friendship between married people and single people long-term healthy way. Mm. So let's introduce ourselves so everybody can kind of get your name together with your voice. So Lonnie, will you start? Tell us who you are, about how old you are, Mm -hmm. what do you do with your day, and where are you in the dating cycle right now? Yeah. I'm Lonnie. I'm 31. I do marketing for... A podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> a local podcast network. A local podcast host. Uh-huh. Yes, yep. you do. And yeah, I'm single and dating. Great. Mm-hmm. All right, John David. Hey, I'm John David, and I'm uh, I'm from around here in my 30s. I sell uh, software, and I'm also uh, running a residential commercial painting company. Ooh. I'm so glad to know that. Because yeah. I'm like, man, when I need stuff painted, now you're my call. It's new. Yeah. It's new. But it's great. But let me be your call. Yeah, you I won't will. won't regret it. <laughs> Tell me where you are right now dating-wise. Are you seeing anybody? Are you single? What is it? I'm single. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Jess Connolly. Hi. Welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Oh, my favorite place to be. Man, what an honor. Thank you for flying to Nashville and are doing this conversation. Me? Of course. I mean, I, I told you this last night at dinner, but when we were dreaming this up, Lonnie said, could we get Jess Connolly on this mm-hmm. episode? 
Literally so. such a fun conversation. Thank you. So important. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so will you talk a little bit <laughs> about what we talked about at dinner last night is how opposite your life and my life are in this. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm, I am dating, but just, <laughs> just the one man. For 20 years. For 20 years. My husband, Nick, and I have been married for 18 years. We did get married when we were children. Yeah. So, I mean, people say that, but we really, I was 19 when we got married. And our life is very interesting. And I said, I think you and I are like a little yin and yang because I perceive you're surrounded by a lot of married people and you do a lot of life with married people. And I am surrounded by a lot of single people. And I feel like my life almost looks, our rhythms and our recreation looks almost more single than married sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I wonder if that is really the big chasm is our life rhythms seem so different sometimes than my life rhythms feel so different than my friends who have two and three year olds. Yes. yeah. Yeah. And so that's what's interesting. Also, I will say about us because we've been married for 18 years and because of our our kids are older. So we're in a space in our life where we can have a little more like single-esque rhythms than people right. with toddlers. Oh, interesting. You right. know, our kids can stay home alone. So we can say like, sure, I'll meet you out at nine. Yeah. That's easier for yeah. me than meeting you at 9 a.m. Yeah. You know, I got so tickled last night because we left dinner and Nick and Jess were going to meet someone else at 845. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I will be melatonin by 915. Yeah. So this is we are not even right now. I'm living the married person life. And you're like the next stop. Yes. <laughs> in a friend. Lonnie and John David, what are your lives like in this? Do you have more single friends, more married friends? Yeah, I, I feel like I have a good split. I'm kind of in that phase where I had a lot of friends get married off. Yeah. And we're kind of in that uh, transitioning phase where it's like, how do we either make this work or we kind of enter into this like sort of more close but long distance friendship where we catch up every once in a while. And then building a lot of new friendships with people that are more in the, at the pace of life that I'm at. Some of them are single. Most of them are single. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we met, you lived in a house full of single dudes, and now oh, yeah. half of them are married. I mean, I'm good luck. They're marrying all. Yeah. <laughs> you as the roommate are, are good luck. What about you, Lonnie? Yeah. I feel like it's a, a lot of both. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, I feel like I've been in a constant state of friends getting married, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. You've been to weddings like every <laughs> other weekend this year so far. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's not, that's never like ended like that yeah. that has been ongoing my whole 20s it feels like at least yeah and then a lot of my friends are beginning to have babies now and um that are married so I really feel like there's a balance in my life of both married yeah. friends and single friends yeah mm-hmm. just can marrieds and singles be really good friends is that like a possibility you're seeing i perceive yes yeah i i think it's one of those like how much do we accept the premise of the question i think the more we give space for attention here the more we're going to see attention here but the more we just assume okay we we, we want similar things mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we're running on on somewhat even similar paths yeah. like toward abundance or healing or wholeness or a full life yeah. i feel like yeah there's a million and one connection points but the more we make space for the premise the more we make space for the tension i think we're going to see That's it a great sentence mm-hmm. yeah i'm interested lonnie the difference you and i are about a decade apart mm-hmm. and i am curious jess you speak into this too but i remember when my friends started getting married mm-hmm. it was kind of like yeah i just hang out i was hanging out with him anyway because y'all were dating so mm-hmm. yeah. we're also cool oh now y'all have little kids and now i'm two life places different than you 
and this is hard. And then when people start now, a lot of my friends have upper elementary, middle, high schoolers, and it feels like we've come to the other side of the bell curve yeah. a little bit. Or, but yeah. your friends are still getting married and have young kids, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. Do you feel yeah. that tension with your friends with young kids that it's harder to see them? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it takes just a lot of intentionality of like, hey, yeah. I have a friend who just had a baby. And it's it's me inviting myself over. Hey, I'd love yeah. to just come and be with you. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. it's just a lot of in- intentionality is a word. And my, yeah. my sister has three kids and she lives here that are all under five. And, yeah. and it's just, I think like just, I just want to be with them. Yes. Right? Like I just want to be there. Yes. I want to be in the mess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people, I think married friends forget that we want to be a part of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think on the flip side, I think married friends forget to get out of their own shell sometimes mm-hmm. and go be a part of the other side of the mess. Yeah. You know, I because I was like that for a long time. I'd say like, come do laundry with me or come to the grocery store with me. Or if, we're, if I'm going to see you, it's going to have to be like this. Mm-hmm. And I think something broke open in my relationship with people who were not married when I realized they can come and get in my rhythm. But also it's really healthy for me to get in their rhythms. Wow. It's really helped. It was healthy for me to also be like, hey, you go to the gym. I'd like to go to the gym. It would be mm-hmm. nice to get out of my house every once in a while. This is a rhythm I can fight for. I'll see yeah. you there. Wow. Or, you know, sometimes fighting that, fighting again, that premise, this idea that this defeat, that it's not going to happen. Like, oh, I just, I'm never going to be able to meet you for coffee on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Instead saying like, maybe I'll try. Yeah. Maybe I could do it once yeah. a quarter. Maybe I could find somebody to watch the kids and I could stroll with you around the mall leisurely and that would sound fun. Yeah. You know? John David, is it true with men like it is with women? Like, do you have to do as the single person with married friends, do you feel like you're doing more of the, hey, what are you up to today? Or is it is it more mutual with dudes than it is with women? I think the married friends that I find it the easiest to be in um, close relationships with, I see a lot of intentionality on on their part. Like, hey, yeah. we would love mm. to have you over for dinner. Or, hey, she's going out of town this weekend. Want to come spend time with me and the kid? Yeah. Or I have this time. Oh, I th- was thinking of you. And I see that, you know, we're, we're kind of meeting each other where we're at and knowing that a lot of my plans happen last minute and yeah. and kind of like you were speaking to like embracing that the way we not only do the friendship but make space to do the friendship just looks different good, I have yeah. to try a little bit differently to to make those things happen mm-hmm. yeah I love what both of you are saying because planning for today I thought we need to tell the singles mm. like you have to pursue too you cannot just wait for your married friends to call you yeah and you're saying married you got to get out of your house mm, yes because mm. the singles can't just always come and help you with laundry yeah we're such a good yin and, and yang but that we are I, that I know part. The- we're a good uh, <laughs> Oreo I don't know <laughs> because I think that about your life watching your life even from not in your city I think she is so good about getting in their rhythms oh, thanks. but I I also think I hope they ask her. Yeah, You know, yeah. Annie, what sounds fun to you? How can we get outside of like our normal rhythms yeah. and come into that? Again, not all the time. It's not going to be doable all the time. It's going to take yeah. intentionality. It's going to take a few weeks of planning. Yeah, But yeah, I don't know. It's one of the problems people have with church is that single people feel like, uh, not all of them, but it, we're going to talk in massive generalities. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Single people in a lot of churches feel like they don't have a spot because mm-hmm. yeah. they haven't become the thing that the church told them to become. Ooh. And so the church is built toward married people, but we go to four different churches here. Mm-hmm. What do you see your church doing for single people to help them feel? And Jess, you lead a church. The three of us don't. But yeah. what do you see your church doing 
to help singles feel like it isn't two different worlds, that it is one thing. Yeah. I think the most important thing that I'm I'm so grateful by God's grace that my pastor, who's also my husband, has done, has equipped and made space for all single people to use their gifts in every realm. Yeah. Because, right, this is one of the biggest just weird opposites we see in Scripture and then in the application of it in the church that in Scripture, it's like if you're single, go for it. Yeah. Use all your gifts. Like, go take it too far in ministry. And then in church, there's this weird ceiling where it's like, well— Mm. Once you get married, it's just not even biblical. Yeah. So I think number one, the first and most important thing is saying like there is no cap on where and how you can use your God-given gifts inside oh, wow. the church before you get married because that's not biblical. And I think that shows the rest of the church, this is a whole human living out the abundance and healing and wholeness and gifts God's given them. Yeah. And then the second way for us that we've done it is that we we don't separate by groups. We don't say we don't have a married group and we don't have a single group. Oh, okay, so your small groups are just groups. like what neighborhood you live in yep. or what you care about or what night you can meet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Etc. Oh, we don't have single women groups and married women groups. Yeah. We don't have like single that. men groups and married men groups. We have groups. Yeah. Okay. So that's helped us, I think, a little bit. What about y'all? So uh, I lead a, like a community group type of thing at my church, and it's by demographic, really. So it's like it's a, it's a young adult group, which yeah. like young adult can mean what you want it to mean. There may right? be married people in there, right. but more likely it's probably a lot more singles. Right, right. right. And I think my church, I admire my church so much, and I think that they're doing a really great job of building um, places for young people, for single people to have a space to feel known, to feel welcomed. I do feel like there is a gap of like after your 20s, right, where you're into your 30s, into your 40s and above, and you're single. I think this is just my feelings in general in the church as as the church as a whole. You know, again, big generalities. But it feels like there is – a gap, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, and I don't necessarily know the answer to that. I love your thoughts about serving because I serve on a team with married couples, mm-hmm. with people my age, with people not my age, yeah. and it's so fun. I love meeting the people that I serve with and not only meeting but, like, knowing those people. Yeah. So I think that that is something that is a helpful way to know and be known in the church as someone who is single. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have thoughts on that, John David? Yeah, um, how to distill it down? It's you don't have to. We're on a podcast. You got yeah. time. <laughs> you got time. Um, yeah, the, I mean, our church is overflowing with married couples with kids, and so it feels like the centerpiece of the church is is happening around that. And yet, I also think our community is doing a really good job of one. There are married couples going into groups of just men or. Yeah. Um, just women. And then also, I think that uh, there's a, it seems like a public conversation of normalizing suffering and then mm. um, in, in marriage and, and how that's hard. And there is a, there's a longing for intimacy and connection and all these things that single people also struggle with. And um, then single people, whether that's uh, just like circumstances, choice, um, identity and sexuality, where all that stuff is coming up mm. and just having that open conversation so that we're much more capable of, of relating to each other and what's mm-hmm. going on. So there's tension. Mm-hmm. There's tension yeah, in it. But good. Do you feel like a church needs to talk about singleness from the stage to feel like it's an important thing to them? 
I don't know. I ha- I have a fun counter question. Okay. Okay. Mine is how important, and I it's fun to get to ask you this, but how important would you say it is to having single people on your teaching on your teaching team, even if they don't teach on singleness? Right. Doesn't yeah, because that... I've never taught on singleness at Crosspoint. Right. But I'm on the teaching team. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I know both you and I would probably hesitate to say a church should do anything. Right. But that I feels like it should people in general. Yeah, but, yeah. That feels like such an a helpful invitation. I think seeing people yeah. that have different lives than you lead mm-hmm. on yeah. stage and mm-hmm. seeing people that have the same life as you lead on stage and whether that's teaching or worship or yeah. or whatever is really helpful. Yeah. I think that's true relationally and racially yeah. and yes. demographically. I mean, yes. like in every way to see 100%. diversity represented yeah. in a church. I think it's also when I visit a church or if I'm speaking somewhere and the whole worship team is 25, right. I'm like, where's everyone else? Right. And so I even want to see diversity in the age of the people Absolutely. leading on yeah. stage. I don't want the one role to be someone who's old and every other role to be someone who's young. Yeah. yeah. I want to see I want to see diversity in age too. So it yeah. feels like a caught not taught thing. Oh, you know, yeah. like you're catching the vision yeah. from seeing what's on the stage. Yeah. Cuz I wonder if there's a relational equity that grows between marrieds and singles if in the church it was modeled really well. Which yeah. in some it sounds like in our churches there are times when it is being modeled well, but Yeah. Because the people who are talking to us are saying, this is hard for us. Yes. And a lot of the people talking to us are believe what we believe. Yeah. So why is that? So it's interesting. This even like kind of the tension that I think is behind that is this idea that people don't understand what it's like for me. And I think we've got everybody can feel that. Yes. We've got married people being like that. You have no idea. Mm -hmm. You have you think you're lonely. Mm-hmm. Wait till there's somebody in your house and they're not speaking to you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, lonely. Right. You know, wait till you have tension. That's lonely. Yeah. But you've got single people saying like, you have no idea what this feels like for me. I think we all win as friends in general when we just say, tell me how this feels for you. Yes. Tell me what this is like for you. Yes. I'm curious. Describe it to me. Even I love one of my favorite questions out of curiosity is just asking my single friends, tell me what your day's like. Yeah. I want like, do you have coffee in the morning? What's your morning routine like? Yeah. Do you turn on the TV? I'm just curious. <laughs> I want to know. I want to think about what I would do. You <laughs> right, know? Right. Uh, what do you do at night? What's yeah. the last thing you do? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's so interesting. And so even just being curious about their life, I think, fights this like you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't have to wait for people to feel like that. We can say, tell me what it's like on both sides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ditto. Yeah. 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 I think, I think my, my friends who are married, uh, who are super curious, are some of the best ones. Mm. Yeah. Um, just just want to understand yeah. and allow me to understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, because the option is either to say, and this has happened to me a lot, when my friends go, I got married in my 20s, and so I have no idea what your life is like, so I can't understand. Right. And so the option is to go, there's no way to connect because I don't know your life, Mm. or can I ask enough questions that we connect even though I don't know your life personally? Right. Right? And that's, I feel I used to, again, I'm interested in sitting with you two in your 30s, because it has felt different in my 40s. Yeah. It has felt different as my married friends have settled into their married lives. It's felt different to yeah. me than when they're starting up and the pace is a little bit faster. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is that true? I think so. I think I think it, what you said is interesting. I think it's all cyclical. Yeah. I think there's I see not always not the rule, but I think when people first get married, they're like, "We're going to be the same. Everything's going to be the same." Yeah, you guys, don't worry. We're it's all fine. We're cool. We're chill. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "We can't. We can't do that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you you go into that for a long time, and then if or when you have kids, then that's another whole adjustment. And then I think you hit where we're at. You know, interestingly, twenty years in with our kids you know, almost out of high school. And we're like, where do you guys want to go tonight? Right, right. Well, yeah, we're both like, right. we're later than most of our friends because yeah. we're like, what, what can't we do? Yeah. Um, so it's just an interesting cycle, you know? Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation share about one of our amazing partners, Rothy's. Listen, y'all know I've got my Rothy's packed with me on the road this month while we are out for the Here For You tour because I don't leave home without them, honestly. When it comes to both style and comfort, Rothy's are it for me. No matter where you're going, Rothy's are perfect for travel. All new slides and mules for your beach vacation, cute flats for nights out at the Here For You tour, and the most comfortable sneakers for your summer exploring. They're lightweight and flexible, so they're extra easy to pack, and Rothy's are effortlessly versatile, a.k.a easy to dress up and down so you don't need to bring tons of shoes. And bonus travel tip, if you get your Rothy's dirty during your adventures, you can clean them up easily with a little bit of clear hand or dish soap and a damp towel. Easy peasy. I have the Camo Cat sneakers and they're flats and because I can wash them, they still look like new. Make the swap to sustainable shoes and bags with Rothy's. Everything at Rothy's is made with their signature thread, knit from repurposed single-use plastic water bottles which you know I love. This spring Wired Magazine named Rothy's shoes in the list of their favorite clothing made from recycled materials. Crafted from recycled plastic, you can sustainably upgrade your closet with cute and comfortable sandals, sneakers, flats, and totes that are perfect for the summer. And I love, love, love when you show me your Rothy's when we're out on tour. It's one of my favorite things. Y'all would laugh. I'm telling you, you would laugh so hard. If you knew how many people in our pre-parties on tour are showing me their Rothy's and the straps of their third love bras, I'm telling you, y'all show me all that because you're like, Annie, and I'm like, I see you. So show me your Rothy's this summer. For stylish and comfortable shoes, shop Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash sounds fun. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash sounds fun. And I've got one more amazing partner to tell you about, Kitsch. Okay, I know you guys love talking about some good hair care products, and they say the hair care is the new skincare, but there is one brand that has taken it to the next level. Kitsch has created game-changing essentials that beauty enthusiasts and AFD, we all swear by them. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows hair care doesn't stop in the shower. I have the heatless curlers, and y'all, they literally work. I was so impressed. I just wrapped my hair around the curlers before bed, and when I woke up, I had these really cute curls that stayed curled, which is a feat in my brain. And you know, that matters to me. I never had to break out a curling iron and the heatless curlers were really comfortable to sleep in. These are the original, the OG and the best heatless curlers. Don't settle for the knockoffs when you can get the ones that started the craze. Whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair care, Kitsch has something for you. They are self-funded, female founded, let's go, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Kitsch's best sellers include their satin pillowcases, caps and eye masks, satin that is vegan and 
and cruelty-free, and they are so great for your hair and skin while you sleep. Kitsch also has rice water shampoo bars that can help with overall hair growth and density, and rosemary scalp oil that helps support scalp health and hair strength from root to tip and so much more. Yes, please. Right now, Kitsch is offering my friends 30% off your entire order, you guys. 30% off your whole order at mykitsch.com slash that sounds fun. That's right. 30% off of anything and everything at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash that sounds fun. One more time. That's mykitsch.com slash that sounds fun for 30% off your order. Okay. Now back to our summer love and conversation. Woo. We are just getting started with Jess and Lonnie and John David. That sounds fun. So let's talk about when your single friend is doing something that you don't think is a good decision. Or you're married. I mean, I guess it could be the other way, too. Yeah. But very often it feels like when I'm – I know this from my life, but I've seen it in other people's lives. When I'm seeing someone that my married friends don't like, yeah. how do they tell me? And how do you know, like yes. – because often – Whereas if Lonnie said, hey, I don't like that guy you're dating, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's talk about it. Here's what I like and da-da-da. But if you say it as a married woman, sometimes it comes in like, hey, I've done this. (laughs) And I'm here to say I'm not sure you're doing this correctly. Right? And I hope you'd roll your eyes at me and say, like, must be nice for you. You met Nick when you were 15. (laughs) (laughs) Go sit down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So how do we do that well, though? How do we give and receive correction and relationship from people who are not in our same life place. Yeah. Here's what it looks like for me. And it's, it's really interesting. It's multi-layered because a lot of the single people that I do life with, number one, I'm also their pastor and also maybe their boss. Mm -hmm. So it's so, there's so many different layers here, but I also really love them and I want to be on their team. So I air with kind of like two things. Number one, I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Tell me more. Okay. What about this? I'm okay. That's interesting. How did that happen? Just ask a lot of questions. And then after that, personally, I wait for invitation. Invitation and, to give your opinion. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. doesn't probably mean be a big for one. all of us to, <laughs> to, no matter who you're talking to. If you want me to speak into you know the people who want you to speak into it. It's going to be really clear. Yeah, you know? And yeah. so if somebody asks me to speak in, I'm going all the way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm going to say I could always be wrong. I, I'd give a lot of caveats. I could yeah. always be wrong. You need to go to God. I'm going to love you even if you don't take my advice. Yeah. I'm going to be on your team. Yeah. I expect you're going to make mistakes. But mm-hmm. here are my thoughts. But I do wait for at least a... What do you think? Or do you have any insight? Yeah. That's for me. How have your married friends talked to you about your dating life? They ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, they You're ask- probably hearing it now. Like, I, I maybe people listening are hearing it now like, oh, they're asking me a lot of questions. <laughs> they may be waiting on me to ask their yeah. opinion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They ask a lot of questions. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty... I feel like I'm pretty eager to get feedback, and so I don't uh, I don't tend to find myself in a – I'm just like, oh, whatever, I didn't like that advice. Um, but I find that what works for me and then what, what I receive and give well is kind of the, like, ask me to dance and then dance kind of process, yeah. whereas yeah. it's, like, it's asking questions and then it's ask, like, hey, do you want to know what I think here? Or do, do you mind if I give you some feedback? And yeah. um, that puts me in a, a like a more gentle place to to receive yeah. maybe something that can feel a little uh, aggressive. Yeah. 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 I feel like the theme of curiosity you were mentioning earlier is, is like that would probably not to jump ahead. That's 
my dating advice is curiosity in my heart. And yeah. and I love when I see that in someone else too. So yeah. genuinely the same thing for, yeah. you know, asking for advice or I'm right there with you mm. as far as asking questions. And I'm kind of similar to JD of like, I'm just gonna. Ju- I'm just gonna tell you everything. I'm yeah. just gonna jump in, and and depending on who I'm talking to, I, I want people's feedback. Yeah. I want. I want to get people in my life to speak yeah. into what I'm doing. I think you really did hit on something really important, though, which is the flip side of this: is how do married people receive insight from their single friends? Mm-hmm. Because in the name of Jesus, my friends who are single who walk with me, if they don't feel the capacity to be like, you're being a brat. Mm. Or, Mm. hey, you're being really hard on Nick right now. Then we're in a spot. If they don't feel like they can speak into my marriage, even though they're not married, we're in such a spot. One of my best friends, Laura, has been been single the whole time I've known her. We were college roommates. And she has an open invitation to speak into my life. And she is one of the first people who will say to me, like, I love you so much. Mm. The way you're talking to him right now, that's not it. I remember, like, even my early married years, she'd be like, this is not it, babe. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. You know? But even in my parenting, same. It, it's, it feels so loving it, when I can tell them about a situation with one of my teens and then say, like, hey, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And they can say, I, I think you're being really hard on your kids. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I think you might be hovering a little bit. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm so blessed by that. I feel yeah. so loved by that. And I think this mutuality, again, going back to the idea of, like, Maybe let's don't accept the premise of the question too much. Like, how in the world can we ever be married? Because I should be able to learn from you mm. about my marriage and about my parenting yeah. and about all the other parts of my life that you might not understand as you follow God and as I listen to you and as I watch you learn. So mm-hmm. it needs to go both That's ways. Good. Yeah. I don't know if I feel the freedom to speak into some of my married friends' life like that. Yeah, me too. Without authority, at least. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I, we need to do a better job of invitation yeah. then, you know, as married people to say, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. You know, you have an interesting perspective on this. Yeah, I feel that. Like, I'm not sure if I am qualified or if I really know what to – like, I haven't been there. So I was telling that to someone who's viewed it with a lot of authority in our church and he asked me about something about marriage. And I was like, I don't know. You tell me. You're the one who's married. And um, he was like, do you know God? And I right. was like, yes. And he was like, I was like, well, you have God's word. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was like, well, marriage is just a reflection of who he is to us. And so the more you get to know him, the more you should feel the freedom and authority to actually speak into these things because we are in covenant relationship with God. Yeah. And so that that can teach us about giving advice yeah, um, or giving advice. encouragement. That's yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. You know how to be compassionate. You know how to be kind. Right. Mm-hmm. You know how to be loving. Yeah. You know how to be in communion. And that's what marriage is. It's being yeah. in communion. Yeah. yeah. You can you can speak into that. My friends who are dating that I'm really close with, I feel all the freedom, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. like, really? Did you yeah. really talk like that to him? Come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but when it, when it turns into marriage, I'm like, oh, I, I feel myself full back. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. All right, let's flip it on its head for a second because John David used to teach at a school mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he was, my guess is, a lot of your friends and coworkers were wives. Mm-hmm. I am, mm-hmm. in my preaching life, am surrounded by men mm-hmm. who I am friends with, mm-hmm. but they have wives. Mm-hmm. Your husband is surrounded by women yeah. who are single, and he is friends with them, and so are you. Yeah. How do we 
be healthy friends with. I mean, I have multiple friends that I was friends with the husband first. Yeah. So how do we do that well and not have affairs? I mean, if I'm just being direct, let's get emotional or physical. I I mean, you can get yourself in an accidental emotional affair so fast. Yeah. And so what do we do, Jess? How do we be friends with the opposite sex in a health? I think we can in a healthy way, even if they're married, (laughs) including the ones I don't I don't want my friends to get married and I can no longer talk to their husbands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think. I think both sides. So I think number one, one thing I appreciate about the entire way you're you're having this entire conversation is that we're trying to take the anxiety and the fear out of it, yeah. right? And I think for so long, so many of these conversations haven't been had because we're just approaching them with fear. Yes. But God isn't the author of fear. So let's come into it with abundance and hope. That's right. So if we're trying to come into this conversation with abundance and hope and not just fear, I think it becomes a question of offensive or defensive in boundaries. Mm. So I think the way this conversation has been broached in decades past has been very offensive. People are unsafe. Single people are, are unsafe. Women are unsafe. Men are unsafe. And so we need all these boundaries to keep from horrible things happening. We are unsafe. Yes. I can't control myself yes. if I am close friends exactly. with that guy. Right. Exactly. And instead, let's say like, hold on. Boundaries are not offensive. They need to be defensive to be really healthy. And so what we actually want to do is we want to defend, you know, our souls. Mm -hmm. We want to defend our marriages. We want to defend our friendships so that we get to stay friends. We want to take care of them. We want to protect them. So I think that helps us, number one, not be so anxious and scared. Yeah. You know, ah. But (laughs) on top of that, I think the other thing that you said that is so helpful with that, with kind of girded with this, like we want to defend beautiful things, not like see everything is so scary. But I do think we need to be informed about emotional affairs. Mm -hmm. We need to be informed about like the struggles of the people around us in regards to physical affairs. Like we need to have our eyes open to like this is an actual struggle. It's not going to help if we close our eyes and pretend like everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say men being informed on what an emotional affair looks like for a woman and, and what that feels like and what could lead to that is really helpful because women are just different. It's something I'm teaching my boys over and over and over again, just already in their teens. Like you texting her is no big deal to you, but it's a big deal to her. Mm. So we're going to love her well and, and just, and just pay attention to what we're doing. You know, can one person be in the emotional affair and not the other? Oh gosh. Yeah. hundred percent. I think so. hundred percent. I would say that might be the majority of them. I was about to say, I think that's probably my experience. I think that might be the majority of them. Yeah. Yeah. But all that being said, I I try to have that banner over it. What am I trying to what am I trying to defend in the most beautiful way? And I think then like where am I personally the most vulnerable? And where are the people around me personally the most vulnerable? Mm-hmm. So this is a very small example, and then I'll stop talking. Um, my mm-hmm. top way I receive love is encouragement, words of affirmation. And so I stay in a lot of conversation with Nick about you actually you actually have to be the chief person cheering me on. Number one, that keeps us safe. That mm-hmm. keeps you and I just healthy and open. Mm-hmm. But then I'm really open and honest with him when I have guy friends who are really affirming to me. And I just tell him immediately, like, this person is really affirming to me. Of course, do I think I'm going to have a full-blown affair in two weeks? No, I don't. Do I want to be honest with you that, like, if I push that button every day for three years that we might be in a situation? I do. 
I do. I think if I if when I was feeling low, I started going to him for affirmation, which the first time it happens might not sound crazy. Right. You know, because it's just your friend. It's yeah. just my friend. Yeah. Then I think we'd be in a real spot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that mm-hmm. knowing where knowing where you're vulnerable and knowing what you most want to protect to me feel really helpful. Yeah. What do y'all think? It's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. And I I, I I like the idea of kind of being vigilant for like yeah, just like just protecting what's what's good in the situation and yeah. I think that, that simplifies it yeah. down to So I have never been in a relationship, a friendship with a wife where she said, we need to talk about your friendship with my husband. Mm -hmm. That I've never, that has not happened, thank God, to my face. Yeah. There are all these reels right now of people going like, you don't know if you're the name that starts a fight in the married household. And it's people being like real braggy. Have you seen those? No. It's And they're kind of like, you never know if you're the name. And I've been like, oh my gosh, I hope I've never been that name. But my question to you, John David, is have you ever had conversations with husbands have you ever had a buddy where you're like, where you've ever had to have a conversation? Or have you, Lonnie, ever had a conversation with a wife about being friends with the husbands and, and proactively talked about boundaries? I have not. I haven't. Yeah. I feel like my friends want me to be, they're like excited. They're yeah, like, totally. My friends want life, me to be friends know? Yeah. with yeah. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm a, I err on the side of what Jess was saying of the anxious type. Yeah. And so if I even sense, I'm like, okay, I'm good friends with him and her. If anything starts to relatively feel closer on one yeah. side, I'm, I just, I just get away from yeah. it, which I, well, I need some of that peace yes, in there. Yes. Will you give a little freedom Yeah. to just give a little freedom that attraction may happen? I mean, yeah. that, what he is saying is, yeah. Pay attention to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, everything works better in marriage, and I would assume in singleness when we open our eyes wide open to our proclivities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nick and I always say, like, the first time you lie when you get married is when you do your vows. It's the very first time you lie. Because <laughs> you're like, it's crazy. I'll try, but I won't. I'm going <laughs> to honor and respect you. I'm going to love you in sickness. And it's like a lie, just yeah. straight from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't change it, but also we should say, like, I'm going to do it wrong, and then I'm going to try again. Right. So absolutely, are you going to feel attracted in some way, right. emotionally or physically, over the course of your marriage? Yeah. 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 And you're going to handle it. Yeah. The best way you're going to handle it is by confessing it to God, maybe confessing it to your spouse. I would say that should be handled with care because yeah. you don't want to, like, create more of a problem where there is. Because if you're talking about it with God and even just yourself, even just yeah. being like, oh, interesting, that was there. Let me watch that, yeah. you know, then you're going to be in such a better spot. But I will say I have had conversations with Nick yeah, where I've said, I would love for you to be cautious with this person. Yes. And – it's never because I think there's something wrong with them. It's never because I think they're like some Pursuing Jezebel out husband. to get my husband. Right, it's never right, that. Right. I think we always do better when we hope the best in people and yeah. assume like that's not happening. But it usually for me has to do with like I don't know that that person necessarily understands boundaries and it would just make me feel better. Yeah. You know, no big deal. Yeah. And then the boundary create honestly creates the space for a healthier relationship mm-hmm, to happen. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so all that being said, like going back to your first question, can we be friends? Can we be friends with men and women and single and married? Yes. yes. And I think what you live out so well, Annie, and what I know you and I both feel is 
the renewal of the American church and just the American faith in Jesus in America is going to come with men and women working together yes. and being in relationship 100%. together. It is not going to come with us siphoning one or the other off to the side. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's right. going to come with us working together in yeah. our churches, in our cities, in our communities. And it it has to happen mm-hmm. for us to experience renewal. Mm-hmm. And there's so much healing for us bound up in being acquaintances and trusting and seeing the goodness and the glory in members of the opposite sex, yeah. you know, yes. in, in just learning to like see God in them again and trust them again. And it's the healing for everything. Mm-hmm. It's the healing for sexism. It's the healing for toxic masculinity. It's the healing for just broken relationships, just looking at them and seeing that they're image bearers of God yeah. mm-hmm. and we can trust them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is always true or if it's just what I've found, but um, the the men that I'm super close with that I also am, I'm excited about their wives and I know what's going on in their lives and I know things that I think are especially awesome about their wives allows me to, I think, enter into a more full relationship with those guys. Oh, um, sure. Just like yeah, uh, just being able to, to laugh with them or yeah. have fun with them yeah. or um, challenge them or, some you know, sometimes when the guy's being an idiot or he doesn't think his wife's fun or, you know, whatever it may oh. be, um, just being like, what you didn't have fun with her? What do you mean? Like, yeah, she's hilarious so or like, yeah. you mean like, just I think just being able to be a cheerleader for both mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. members of that team has uh, been especially good for me. Um, so good. I think there's that balance. Yeah, yeah of like close but not too close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I've done a wedding, I've said to the couple, I am not for you or you. I'm for this marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we even have a divorce conversation, you got to come back to me. Yeah. Even if we haven't talked in 10 years because I – sign this paper. Yeah. And so it's that same like, hey, listen, you're my friend, but you're not being good to your husband or you're my friend, but you're not being kind to your wife. You know, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it is. um, But we have to have that permission. Yeah. And you're right. I don't always feel it either. Yeah. Yeah. So how we talk about each other's people, Mm. like whether you're married or single feels like an important part of this. Yeah. How we talk about the guys that our friends are dating or the girls that they're dating and how single people talk about their married friends' spouses, does feel really important. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's one way that we can really be safe for each other. And I I have some single friends that I know I cannot talk to them about conflict in my marriage because they'd be like, oh, he's the worst. Oh, Mm -hmm. interesting. And I'd be like, oh, no, no, that's my husband. Right, 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 (laughs) right. He is for sure not the worst. He is not the worst. And so then I make a mental note like, okay, you, you are not safe for me to talk to you about even pain or frustration in my marriage. But likewise, I want to be really safe for my single friends, you know, to not be like, oh, no, that never go on a date with him again. Yeah. No way. Because people are messy and they're wild and they're weird. And, you know, (laughs) if there's one thing that you and I have even talked about this, like in 2023 dating, like we need to be a lot more patient with people. We're sizing them up really quickly. Even this morning, I was watching an Instagram reel on the ick you know? Do you know about the no. ick? Yeah. Annie, oh, do. you I don't need know. to go down this rabbit hole. You know, okay. It's what they okay. say. Like, he gives me the ick or she gave me the ick and it's over. It's a, oh. it's all I hear my single friends say. Oh, okay. Like, oh, I got the ick. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I think like the ick is like, 
they oh so they need the gospel <laughs> right right or they yeah. had a bad day they chewed or, weird yeah yeah and I don't know like you know we have an episode coming where we're talking about the difference between yellow flags and red flags oh and the problem is yeah. we've made everything we don't love on first blush a red flag mm, and we need name. to back it up and make it yellow back it up I always the say it, that, okay I always say that people who constantly call something a red flag is a red flag to me yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right that's a good one that's exactly oh, right yeah so we gotta watch it yeah I would I feel like when I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking about how there was one point in my life where all of the girls, we got together, I'm like, oh, guys, just, I can't, like, yeah. dating just sucks. Like, the pool, it sucks. You know, it was, we just, like, our our words were mm. death, right? Yeah. And I just kind of hit this point where I was like, you know what? I, this is not helping anything. Yeah. It's not solving anything. I want to use the the power of life over men. Yes. I want to speak yes. life over them yes. and speak hope over them mm-hmm. and just kind of switch that, like, uh, that pathway in my brain of, like, I want to think the best of mm-hmm. men and yeah. not be frustrated and actually pray for them. So, yeah. <laughs> and that just really actually helped my mind um, shift. It's just the power of words. Um, mm. You know, I'm still single but but like i i want to i want to be in prayer for my guy friends for my married friends for my friends husbands and their marriages so yeah yeah we did a thing like that uh, probably 10 years ago a handful of us got together and for 100 days we agreed to not say anything negative about the single men in our lives Mm, and to only pray and when I tell you the majority of those girls got married within a year, wow. I mean, it was wild. And they married some of the guys we had been praying for. Yeah. And it was like, oh, there is, the Bible is actually means it when it says mm-hmm. your words have the power of life and death. Yeah. And how you speak about yeah. your friends' husbands and wives, how you speak about the people they're dating. And also the trick about if someone breaks up and you say, good, I hoped you were going to break up. Don't do it. That mm-hmm. person always comes back. They always come <laughs> back. And then your friend does not tell you. <laughs> Don't do and it. And then it gets secretive. Yeah. It gets weird. And it then you are not friends anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they end up getting married. And, and you're like, well. And you stand in the back left yeah. and leave the wedding early. Yeah. It's that's weird. exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So we got to be thoughtful about that. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, KiwiCo. Y'all know we love KiwiCo around here, and I know in the summer... Kids can start talking about being bored. And actually, I think it's really good when they get bored because that's when KiwiCo is a perfect idea to keep them entertained and learning. And what happens when our brains get bored? We get creative. Each month, KiwiCo delivers crates packed with fun and sparks creativity with kid-friendly topics and activities. From engineering robots to learning about the science of cooking, there's interesting topics for every kid and real hands-on skills to explore. KiwiCo is defining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously fun. They create super cool hands-on projects designed to create a lifelong love of learning among kids. The most recent box we received has everything kids need to make their own wooden ukulele. Y'all, it is so adorable. KiwiCo thinks of everything. All the supplies are included and the instructions are simple to follow. So the kids will feel so proud of themselves. And when they are done making it, it actually works. Can you believe that? It's hard to find creative ways to keep the kids in your life busy and challenged and off of screens. No crate from KiwiCo's Innovation Factory leaves without approval from their toughest critics, which are 
children. KiwiCo has subscription lines for infants and preschoolers up to teens and beyond like you and me. Plus, KiwiCo's projects are designed by a team of educators, makers, engineers, and rocket scientists, literally, who brainstorm hundreds of ideas to create the most exciting, age-appropriate, and educational projects. The day that KiwiCo box arrives will be your kid's favorite day of the month. Redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com slash that sounds fun that's 50 percent five zero you guys off your first month at kiwico.com slash that sounds fun and one last amazing partner to share with you fast growing trees okay I love for my house, my patio, and our office to be full of thriving plants, even though I may not be the best at keeping them alive. Lillian is. And FastGrowingTrees.com has got us covered for all of our interior and exterior landscaping needs. FastGrowingTrees.com's plant experts curate thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate, from Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. We're aware of all the benefits, right? The beauty, the cleaner air. But Sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best in our context. Well, no problem. Because with FastGrowingTrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. Whether you're buying plants for your first home or working on a seasoned garden, FastGrowingTrees.com has experts in the field ready to support you and your plants for years to come. Just order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. I am crazy about Fast Growing Trees because we found a fiddle leaf fig tree and I am looking at it right now and a ficus plant I am looking at it right now they are both in the studio and they are gorgeous and at a great price and they can perfectly match you with your dream plants as well and with fast growing trees 30 day alive and thrive guarantee you know everything will look great fresh out of the box join over 1.5 million happy fast growing trees customers including your friends at downs books and that sounds fun go now to fastgrowingtrees.com slash that sounds fun to get 15 percent off your entire order get 15 percent off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash that sounds fun and don't forget all the links you may ever need are in the show notes below to the Q&A to our AFD week in review email that goes on every Friday with lots of fun stuff in it to all of these links to these partners that you hear about all that is in the show notes because we want to make it real easy for you so that is always down there and now let's go back and finish up this conversation man I'm loving it with Jess John David and Lonnie I don't know how this fits in this conversation necessarily, but I think just inviting vulnerability and grace into friendship. And I think whenever you invite vulnerability and offer vulnerability and grace over people, like you just see it invited back to you through those friendships. Um, I just, I feel like I've seen that over and over again in my friendships. When I offer myself, they feel the freedom and and the desire yeah. to offer themselves as well, you know? And I feel like that's how the Holy Spirit speaks sometimes to me, yeah. too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like I would just add this for any married women or men listening. I would say if you don't have single people in your life, you may be missing out. Mm. There's no may about it. You're missing out on yeah. seeing a side of the kingdom and the world and God and friendship that mm. I, I want you to have. Yeah. 
And it may mean getting in some of their rhythms and it may mean you getting outside some of your shell, but that's actually really going to be for your good. And I think another caveat on this that I think we've all been saying, but I want to say really explicitly, is that we would do well to crash this idea that married people somehow disciple single people or that we pour into single people where the truth is like we're all at the foot of the cross. So we're all going to be learning from one another and learning from God together and speaking into each other's lives Mm -hmm. and crossing those boundaries and borders. So single people, yeah, you get to speak into my marriage. You get to speak into the way that I parent because you know God and you know the fruits of the spirit and you know me and vice versa. I want to be able to speak into and speak life over where you're at in your life. But I I just think we do so well to kind of break down those barriers Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. of any sort of lie that would say that once you're married, you're somehow wiser. <clears throat> yeah. What? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or that you somehow know something more or that you even know more about relationships. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. We don't. We still need to be learning. And so, yeah, I just would want to speak that over both sides. Yeah. We're missing out if we don't. We are missing out if we don't have friends in other seasons. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The same is true for single people. If you yeah. are only friends with single people. Mm-hmm. Then you are missing out. Yeah. You're missing out on on I also wonder, this is just me wondering in front of us. I also wonder if some of the proclivity to not get married for people in their twenties and thirties is they aren't seeing they aren't close enough to marrieds to desire it. To see how sweet it is. They're can just be. all with their bros or yeah. all with their girlfriends. And yeah. so they're like, We're having a great life. And then you blink and it's been a decade. Yeah. And you're like, Man, I'm settled. I'm I'm fine. I'm in this versus people who are in mixed community and going like, Oh, I'd love that. I don't want that. I would really like that. I do not want that. You know? Yeah. And getting to experience it a little bit differently. Yeah. How does it look? Y'all probably have divorced friends in your life. I do too. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? For our friends who are divorced or single again yeah. through other ways that, like, their spouse has passed away. Yeah. So now their whole crew was their married crew, but now they're not married anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you and I used this analogy last night. I was telling you, like, I love the analogy of I feel like our friends are like a seed. And yeah. when they get married or when they have kids, you don't know what kind of plant they are. And you have to kind of wait. You have to kind of wait to see like, oh, interesting. I didn't know you were a broccoli marriage. Yeah. Or yeah. I didn't know <laughs> that you were like a dandelion kind of mom. That's yeah. so interesting. Like I knew you as this other thing, but I I didn't know what you were going to be like. And I think the same is true for married again, Yeah. post-divorce or death. Um, I think it's so interesting to let people grow into something new and give them space to do that. And I think a lot of what makes tension in all of these transitions, when your friend gets married, when they have their first kid, when they get divorced, you know, when something hard, really horrific happens in their family is that we want them to be the exact same. Mm -hmm. We want everything to be the exact same. But I think taking a step back and saying, like, I can't wait to see what this looks like for you, what health and wholeness looks like for you in this season. And I'm going to be there for that, too. Yeah. I'm going to be curious for that, too. Yeah, you know, totally yeah. I hope we'd give each other in all of those seasons just the space to say, like, interesting, you were that seed all along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. Yeah. Okay. The last question we're going to ask, if everybody feels good about that, is we always ask, tell me what sounds fun to you. So in this context, tell me what sounds fun to you. What is something that you do for fun with your married friends? Or Jess, what's something you do for fun with your single friends? My married friends that have kids 
especially are getting to the age where their kids are old enough for me to actually have a relationship with. Yeah. And uh, since I used to be, I mean, I love hanging out with kids and, and now I'm becoming the friend that you might see hanging out with all the kids. Yeah, uh, right. Um, <laughs> and I, I love it when my friends are excited for me to hang out with their kids, yeah, whether too. it's like it's it's a hold him or it's it's like they see him running off yeah. and they can't see him anymore, but they yeah. know I'm following him yep. and they're just cool with that. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that is a, that is a gift for me. Yeah. 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 We need it. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Lonnie? Yeah. I feel like my favorite thing about my married friends is their kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I love, um, I love being, I love playing with my kids. I have six, well, I have five nieces and one nephew yeah. and the ability to just be in their life and talk to them about, and like I love being that safe place for them where yeah. they can, you know, talk about Jesus, talk about whatever they want to talk about yeah. and have a sleepover with their fun aunt. So yeah. that's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. I love it. What was your other answer of what sounded fun to you? Um, I mean, like traveling to Portugal and, you know, <laughs> like Jess is literally going to Portugal. Oh, I am to go too. To when? In July. Going in June. Oh, my God. We're going to ask like we'll leave talk. notes okay. for each other. Okay. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I love it. Jess, tell me what sounds fun to you with your people. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've been trying to work on this last year that is actually really fun is celebrating my single friends before they get married. Oh. So, like, hey, we're not going to wait for you to have a bachelorette party. We're not going to wait for whatever we think is coming or maybe not coming. Like, yeah. we're going to take it too far for your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> or just when you ha- when you get a raise yeah. or when you make it through a particularly hard season. Yeah. And that is actually so fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Mm. Yeah. That's a great answer. I think one of the things that I know has been painful for some of my friends and has blinked on my radar and has – I see people talk about it is married people get so many gifts yes. when they get married and we have to fill our houses by ourselves. Right. <laughs> and so when we move to somewhere new, if someone doesn't throw a housewarming gift yes. or party, we have to buy everything. And it, it, it can feel – weird things can be devastating. Yeah. Do you all feel that? Like oh, weird totally. things can be – like uh, anything with my car, devastating. Yeah. Uh, and it is – a blinker is out down, settle down. But yeah. And so so you doing that is like such a generous thing because that, that goes farther than you probably know. Yeah. yeah. And is it not fun? No. Uh, so fun. So fun. Just right. Go right. Party and You're have not suffering. That's right. Normalized single showers. Single yes. showers. <laughs> such a big deal. Be a new smoothie maker. I mean, that's right. That's that's right. but there also when we talk about it, sometimes I'm like, also so, at some point, y'all, I would like a little bachelorette party. Because right. I've been married for 20 years and I, none of you were my friends then. Right. And I was 19. Like <laughs> Right. We would do a Starbucks. Oh my gosh, right. you should. Let's redo, you know? Yeah. Let's all do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's redo your bachelorette. That's a great idea. At 20 years, that's what we'll do. Yeah. In done. two years, we'll redo your bachelorette party. Yeah, because we're going to do a vow ra- renewal, so we'll like, it'll, yeah, reality TV, maybe. I don't know. Right. Okay, great. <laughs> if anybody wants to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you all for doing this. I appreciate 100%. it. Well done. Thank you. Oh, you guys, aren't they the best? Okay, listen, I know, I know. So much wisdom from Lonnie, so much wisdom from John David, and of course, Jess Connolly. Be sure you're following Jess on Instagram. Tell her thank you for being here for this series and for a full list of all the resources and Instagram handles from our summer loving experts, go to AnnieFDowns.com slash dating. Make sure and follow along for the rest of summer loving so you get to hear the whole experience. And this week... 
Woohoo! Here we go. <laughs> Coming up next on Thursday is our sex episode. So we got a lot to talk about. Again, if you have follow-up questions after listening, drop your questions in the link in the show notes. We're going to be doing that Q&A episode in the fall. Share this one with your friends. Invite your single friends to join us along this journey. They can catch up on the episodes they've missed and jump in with us today on Friendship and on Thursday when we're talking about sex. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Well, not today because I am arrested today, but we are about to jump on the road again for the Here For You Tour. On Wednesday, we are in Charlotte. And on Thursday on 615, it's a hometown show. Well, kind of. Down in Franklin in the 615 area code. We are back here. And then we head out on Friday and Saturday. Come on out, you guys. Listen, it is not too late to grab a ticket. Just head to hereforyoutour.com. We have got a seat for you. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I'll do the same. Today, I get to go on walks with two of my friends, and that is one of my favorite things to do on my Sabbath resting day is to meet up with friends on walks. And so can't wait to see my two girlfriends this morning and this afternoon. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday for our conversation about sex and dating with Kate and JJ Tomlin. We're going there, everybody. We'll see you on Thursday.